This is the Power Producers Podcast, where we are refining and redefining the sales game. Rule number one is you have to believe in yourself. You're the only one who doesn't think you belong in this appointment. The prospect has already validated your existence by scheduling time with you. Get it through your head you belong here. Go in there, crush it, and close the deal. A place where sales professionals can come to learn from other sales professionals and thought leaders that have mastered their craft. The difference between a good salesperson and a best-in-class salesperson is only two minutes. By spending an extra two minutes on what you might think is a mundane task in the sales game, you separate yourselves from the pack, you grow your book of business, you close more deals, and you retain your accounts. As well as their peers who are still striving for perfection to achieve their why. I have a wife and four kids. Failure is not an option. Real sales professionals. Real stories. Real results. It's no different than being a professional baseball player. You can't be a one-trick pony. You have to be a five-tool player in order to succeed in this game. This is the Power Producers Podcast. Production redefined. Are you ready to feel the power? Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Power Producers Podcast, where we are refining and redefining the sales game. Today, Kyle and I have... Mr. Scott Knowles, the CEO of Magic, on the show to talk work comp, experience mod, software, and client experience. What's going on, Scott? What's happening, gentlemen? What's up? Another one of those days, man. You know, we're uh, just wearing out shoe leather as much as we can virtually. (laughs) Virtual shoe leather. (laughs) Yeah, it's been kind of weird, you know. I mean, it's uh, I've stayed pretty busy. Just in the last couple of weeks, for whatever reason, my renewal flow is a lot heavier over the course of October, November, December than what I remembered it being last year, which is, you know, I guess good or well, bad. I mean, you know, you have to you think. know why that is, though, or at least uh, I, in, in my opinion, it's the it's the auto owner stuff. Oh, yeah. No, that's part of it. But, you know, the, the other part of it is I just don't pay attention to the insurance piece. Yeah. Not that I neglect it for my clients, but when you're in there and you're a, a problem solver and a business consultant to them, you don't tend to run things based off of when the insurance renews or not. I mean, thankfully, we have CRMs and AMSs and all of that to let us know when we need to begin the renewal process, but it's pretty much an ongoing relationship in real time. So True. it's nice. It's nice, especially if we take commission on those accounts because it means we're going to get paid. So. You know, I, I think it's interesting, like hearing from our clients, uh, you know, what's been happening in the marketplace with COVID and everything. Our expectation, I think, was we're going to see this massive like implodation of the uh, marketplace just because of COVID. And I'm sure in certain uh, uh, different uh, um, categories of business, we are definitely seeing that, uh, especially the restaurant business. I mean, I, I can't imagine being a broker who focuses on restaurants right now. I mean, they just need to be dying out there. I mean, so, you know, trying to find, you know, ways to really expand uh, and try to get into other markets has got to be key. And it's, it's funny, you know, back when I was producing, being a specialist and, and doing nothing but pretty much car dealers, realizing that when the market changes, it, you just don't know what's going to happen. So if you're a specialist, it's really important. But if you're a specialist and don't have a little bit of an ex, you know, expanding into other marketplaces, man, you get killed when the market turns south on it. You just don't know when it's going to happen. 
Yeah, that's why we always tell people they need to have, you know, the people that come through Killing Commercial, they need to know who their ideal prospect is, but they need to have three to five ideal prospects. You know, I get it that riches are in the niches, but I also understand the laws of risk management. And if you don't diversify your risk by spreading it across multiple options, you're dead in the water. Right. And I mean, think about what dealerships would be like in Florida if everybody decided to pull out. That's all you ever wrote. Absolutely. That'd be absolutely horrendous. Listen, before we get too much into the technical back and forth, I did want to talk a little bit with you about your background. So why don't you just share it with everybody kind of where you came from? Because I think your background is unique relative to uh, some of the other people that you compete against in that space. And it's not unlike the guys that we had on from Glovebox who were producers and realized there was a need and they figured out a way to solve that need with technology and are going just blaze guns blazing right now. So share a little bit about that story. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, it's funny. You know, I started uh, in the insurance industry about 23 years ago. Uh, I worked for a company that everybody knows, John Deere, but it was John Deere Insurance at that point in time. And uh, it's what's really you know unique about you know myself and, and what I've learned is as a it, with John Deere, we were direct writers, right? Uh, and a direct writer is very different than your regular broker because regular broker basically you have the same thing as everybody else does, but as a direct writer. You have something that nobody else has, right? So we really had an easy way of getting in the door to uh, get a prospect to take a look at our product because nobody else could bring that product to the table. Um, so I started with John Deere. The John Deere was purchased by a Century Insurance Company. I uh, worked for Century, I think, between seven and 10 years. I can't really remember the uh, time frame there. And then uh, um, once I left Century, um, I went to the broker world. And getting in that broker world was exactly where I started to run into this problem. Right, which required a solution, and and that problem was how do I present myself to somebody else who's already been in the door and create some sort of differentiation between them uh, and give them a reason to even talk to me, right? And that was that was the first problem is I can't even get past the gatekeepers. And aside from the relationships I had prior to that, trying to get into these new ones was really difficult. So, uh, so that's where you know my background came from is is transitioning from. Uh, a direct writer directly into the uh, PNC world as a uh, uh, commercial uh, uh, broker and um, uh, finding those challenges that, you know, most other brokers run into on a day in day out basis. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's funny that you mentioned that because yeah, it, it required a solution. Right. And, and so that's what uh, uh, we did. We found a solution. Walk us a little bit through that thought process in terms of, uh, you know, what was the tipping point for you? When did you finally say, you know what, this is a problem. Not a lot of really good options out there. I think I've got a better mousetrap. I'm willing to take the time and energy to invest in it. You know, what did, what did that look like? Well, you know, you, you have to re- remember that when I did this, I did this for myself. Really. It was really built around listening uh, to, you know, what I was hearing in the marketplace, but also really leaning a lot back on my training that I had back when I was with. Uh, John Deere, uh, and then Century Insurance. So we were trained specifically, especially at John Deere initially, because we were representatives of the company and our job was to insure those tractor dealers, insure the car dealers that they were offering these products and services to. So we really had to come from this uh, deep ethical background of uh, educating our clients to you know, make them or, or help them make the right decisions. Um, so when I came across this challenge, I realized that you know, the best thing for me to do is to really lean back on that uh, and take it into the next level and try to find a way to 
How can I educate my clients? How can I bring this value to them uh, and show them that I'm really the producer that they want? I'm their trusted advisor. And I think that's like a key word is trusted advisor, right? Everybody hears about that. You know, who's a trusted advisor? And once you figure out that key to become that trusted advisor, um, it really changes everything for you. And that one little thing that you can do with one client will transition into a whole new realm of other business coming in because you start getting referrals, right? And tapping into that referral base off of that became even more important. So, so the, really the transition for me was trying to determine, you know, how can I take what I've learned in the past and push it forward into this new world where it was really just a price war. It's all we did is fight price, 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 price. And if you have a niche market and there are only certain players in that market, and especially, you know, in the auto dealer market, there were a very limited number of brokers who really focused on car dealers. Uh, And we all know each other uh, in California. And it's pretty funny. Um, But, uh, you know, we all fighting after the same thing. So if you didn't have the right market, you're out. You, You had no way of taking over that business. So uh, it really trying to build something that was going to make them realize that I'm different. And it isn't about the price. It's about something completely different. That's a, a powerful, uh, um, informative uh, solution for them so that they can make educated decisions was really how this all started. So why the mod? You know, so here's the other thing. So when I was really producing for John Deere for Century, I wasn't even selling comp. Um, it had nothing to do with work on. Hmm. Uh, the mod was the one thing that I found is something you can control to an extent, right? It's something that you may not be able to control today, but you can control over a period of time. So if you're able to figure out, you know, what is going to uh, drive those controls, um, that's what's going to really help push these clients because the bottom line is what drives decisions, even though, you know, we want to give them all the advice in the world. The number one thing that pushes all decisions with everybody, you, me, at home, at business, is money, right? It's the financial aspect. And nobody wants to pay for workers' compensation, right? So if you can figure out a way to reduce that, aside from trying to battle over the price at the last minute with underwriters, and you can do it in a totally different fashion, well, that puts you in a totally different uh, um, a place for being able to push that business your direction rather the other way. Because it's not about... What you're spending today is what about what you're going to spend over the next four or five years, right? And trying to show them in a visual format of what that value proposition is in a financial aspect um, was just key. I mean, it's really the one driver that gets them to make those decisions. Yeah, I mean, for us, it's really a no brainer because the state is the one who determines the pricing in Florida. So it's always interesting when I look at accounts that have some exposure in other States and see what other agents get to deal with regarding, you know, filed scheduled uh, filed debits and credits and competitive pricing opportunities inside a comp. We don't have that, you know, and I think that's the one thing that has allowed us to have some level of relative success is that, you know, a lot of agents don't want to take the time to learn. They don't want to take the time to learn the mod. They don't want to have to figure out how to articulate what it means and what the ultimate impact is to a client. They just throw their hands up and say, oh, comp's comp in Florida. So we're going to focus on getting you a really good deal on your GL or we're going to focus on getting you a really good deal on your auto or whatever. And they become so premium focused that they completely miss everything else associated with it, right? So for us, looking at workers' comp, the mod is is certainly what we lead with. And one of the reasons why 
I like to do that is because I think it's very difficult for anybody who has any type of um, apprehension to what you're talking to them about. It, it makes it very difficult for them to argue with you. It's their numbers. Yeah, it's facts. <laughs> it's, they it's earn not, them. Right. It's, it's not a opinion or a hypothesis. It's their actual numbers. Right. And so, you know, from the from a sales journey standpoint, that's the easiest way to get somebody fired up. Right. They say, look, you're paying 55 percent more than the average person right. in right. your industry. That's not even what you could do if you achieved the absolute best you could be. You're 55 percent higher than average. Well, there's no way. Blah blah blah. Well, let me ask you this. You know, when your agent came out to talk to you and then here we go, you know, we start going down that road. But um, what we find is probably 90% of the companies we run into have never, if not more, have never had an experience mod analysis done. And then the other piece of that is for those that are in the minority that have had their experience mod audited, it's been a quick and dirty. The agent doesn't take the time to do it right. And so, you know, it's something as simple as, okay, let me throw the mod worksheet in here. We'll just use the data that's on there as is. And, It'll give us a nice report to show you some of the things that are going on in your business. But there's a fundamental issue with that. We don't know that the mod data is right. Mm -hmm. So that's why for me, it makes all the sense to spend the time, especially on the size accounts that we work on and where this really has the most impact. You get an account that's $250,000, in premium. You have some bandwidth to take some time to do the job the right way. Right. So, so we like we like to key this stuff in and we, we we ungroup the losses. We don't use the stuff that's on the mod worksheet. We use what's on the loss runs. We get the workers comp audits. We use the audited payrolls as they were done with the audit. And essentially, we create our own. We can create the mod worksheet that way and know, OK, number one, is it valid? Does that number that we got match what the worksheet says? If the answer is no, now you got to start digging in a little bit. If the answer is yes, great. We validated that it's correct. Good news. Now here's a report showing you all of the other things that need to be addressed. And by the way, you know, now that we have Magic, we have the ability to go in and say, hey, here's a rough a rough idea of what your new mod is going to look like, you know, and some of those other things. So again, I think so many times, and this is what I want to iterate to people that are listening to this, Magic's an awesome tool. They blow their competitors out of the water as far as I'm concerned. The user interface is good. It's easy to use. But more importantly, the collateral that you get from doing a mod audit with them allows you to tell a story with good graphics, unlike anybody else that's in that space. Yeah. And, you know, I agree. The, rep- the reports are so much, so much better, more crisp, easier to look at. Yeah, and it's easier to tell a story to a business owner that hasn't had to focus on their mod in the past. And so, mm-hmm. but, but for me, th- this is what I would caution agents on. If this is something you want to do and you're like, wow, this is really easy. I, I can't believe I haven't been doing this that long. You probably need to step back and say, is it really that easy or is there something I'm missing? Because here's what I can tell you if you don't take the time, to look at what the actual losses are on the loss run versus what MCCI groups them to be, you're missing the ability to identify trends in frequency that could end up causing severity down the road. And I use I use the same same example all the time. 
if I have grouped losses and there's 10 grouped losses on a mod worksheet and then I go back to the loss runs and I look and I see that there are six lacerations on right hands, I've right. got some questions to ask. What's going on that these people are getting cut all on their right hand? Is there not personal protective equipment? If there is, why aren't they wearing it if they've been trained properly? Is there an ergonomic issue with the way that the workstation is set up? Is something happening with guarding? Is the guarding there? Has it been bypassed? I mean, you can get into a litany of questions. And guess what? Not one thing that we've talked about in the last two minutes has even said the word insurance. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, It's like the equivalent of going to the doctor and them telling you you're sick, but not running any tests to figure out what's going on. Yeah, exactly. I, I think it's really interesting because um, when you think about what you know the system does, right, and how agents use it, it's a lot of people say, well, uh, you know, compared to our competitor, you know, we're just a mod analysis tool, but it's so much more than that. And, and Dave, you just dive, you just dove into quite a bit more of what it can do, which is not just analyze the mod, but also give you the ability to pinpoint problems and then provide your solutions because that's where you really differentiate yourself as a producer is showing them that you not only understand the experience well, I mean, and really, you know, with our platform, the whole idea and concept and a couple of things that were mentioned is, you know, nice, clean, crisp reports. They were built that way specifically because well, I was a producer. I knew what my clients wanted. We have 20 years of understanding exactly what a business owner wants to see, what they're able to absorb in a very simple fashion. We're not going to direct those conversations. That's where a producer can stand up and say, I want to have this conversation. Or I don't want to have this conversation because that's what the reports give you the ability to do. We're not going to drive and force you know, garbage down their throats that they don't understand. That's your job as a producer. Your job is to be that advisor who understands it. And that was something I always did with every single one of my clients. I said, look, you know, when you hire me, I'm your employee. Why am I your employee? Just like if I ever got in trouble, I would want the best darn attorney, right? Why would you hire somebody who isn't analyzing this? If you walk in with our software, with our presentation into a client, and you're going against somebody who doesn't have it, you're more likely to win. Why? Because you really establish yourself as somebody who not only cares, understands, and can advise. And that's really what the whole point of the reports are, um, is to really fit the needs of different type of individuals in different situations. So, um, you know, recently in our update that we did, we created this whole new thing called situation reports, which is really breaking down you know, what is the reason why you're walking in. And you have to know that before you go into a presentation. It's like, why am I here? Business owners don't have time to sit around and listen to you talk about golf and all the other stuff. You're their business advisor when it comes to insurance. You have to have a good reason to have the conversation. If you don't figure out what that is in advance, you're wasting their time and they're not going to listen to you, right? So that's what we always say, figure out what you're going to talk about and then build something around that that's simplified, not to blow them away with too many reports, just the basics of what you want to accomplish during that meeting. And then you can drive in and really focus on it with those reports to get those things done. So having the mod and having the ability to verify the experience while the workers' compensation is, is really key as part of that advisory piece. But understanding workers' compensation, understanding the mod, understanding and, and giving them those tools to be able to direct that conversation that you're having with them to show them that, hey, if this happened, this is what this would look like. And especially with contractors, it's huge because one claim can put them in a position where they can't bid on a, on a, uh, on a, on a job, right? Mm-hmm. And that's where you have to have the software. 
to be able to show them, say, hey, look, this claim is hitting and it's going to hit you next year. And what it does, it's a hundred thousand dollar claim. We have a hundred thousand dollars in reserves. We've got to do something about this because your mod is going to go to 1.02. Does that put you out of competition? Does that put you in a place where you can no longer bid on a job? So where's the value to the agent? If the agent's not doing their job from that perspective, they've opened the door to every other agent to come in there and say, hey, is your agent doing this, right? So huge, huge pieces that come from this whole process. And it really is a process of what we can get done, uh, you know, from all sorts of different perspectives, you know, from an experience mod standpoint uh, and an advisory standpoint. Yeah, I mean, to your point, I we've got a, a client, uh agency that's in Killing Commercial right now that uh, just got an, a new business opportunity with a company that was awarded a $100 million contract to pour concrete for Amazon facilities. And the mod went from a 144 to a 155 or 157 in, in the current year. And like they've got three, eight, they have three brokers that are already in there plus the, the group that I, I work with is now in there and they, they ask me, you know, when you're getting ready to go in, David, what is it that you would do to, to set the table the right way? And I said, well, the first thing I would do is get rid of the other three agents, right? I mean, so you've got to go in. And this is the thing that I think a lot of people have a hard time with is committing to the process, right? They, they can't commit to it. You know, it's just like, <laughs> It's like it runs through our veins that we have to get quotes 60 days out or 30 days out or whatever else. We can't commit to the process. And I said, you've got to commit to the process. You have to go in there. And I said, so here's the deal. Just ask them, hey, look, when when your current agent or the people that have come in to present to you went through the experience mod analysis that they did to talk to you about why your mod is increasing, what kind of advice did they give you about what you can do to bring that down? Well, number one, I know nobody's done the mod analysis in most cases, right? But if they have, great. Here's what here's what else I know. I know they probably didn't do it the detailed way. So while a lot of people think, oh, I'm just gonna, like I said, not to not to you know beat a dead horse, but with a lot of people out there just doing the quick and dirty to get to get to the end game, to get to the reports, to get to the good stuff, right? Without putting the work in, that's what they're gonna present. And so I said, look, that's only going to magnify your value proposition at that point. Say, hey, look, out of curiosity, I, I see what they did here, but it looks like this information is identical to what was on the mod worksheet. Did they take the time to explain what these grouped losses were? Were there any trends that they discovered? Did they validate that the mod itself was correct? Or did they just use the software and the data as it sits in order to get you these reports? Because the very first part of the process is validating that your mod is even correct. Mm -hmm. And, and, And my concern for you is that if someone hasn't come in and taken that approach, they are doing you a disservice because there's a high likelihood that even though you were awarded the opportunity to perform this work on these construction sites, if you haven't had to validate your mod yet, and provide them your mod worksheet and loss runs and all of these other things, guess what? You're going to have to. And there's a high likelihood you're not going to have that contract. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Because Amazon is one that I can assure you is going to make sure. And I said, so if you don't have a cohesive plan 
to explain, here's what's happened. This is why the mod is where it is. These are the programs that we've put in place to make sure that this behavior is not replicated going forward and create a narrative around that. Proactively addressing the situation, you got a big problem that could cost your company a lot of money. And I'm not telling you that that is the silver bullet that's going to work. But you have to, you can't just ignore it. And what I do know is that you lost a year that was better than the one who came on, or your mod wouldn't have gone up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So let's talk about it. And that's the other thing, too, is I always want five years worth of loss runs. Look, the mod report is great. You know, it's the, the mod worksheet and all of the reporting and the mod audits and all of the stuff that we can do is awesome. And it, it's good because, like I said, you can use a prospect or a client's numbers against them. But at the end of the day, it's not going to tell you the whole story. What does the year that's not on the mod look like? That That's the one that dropped off. You know, was it a bad year? What is What does the current year that's not on the mod look like? You know, how does that come into play? And I think that's another place where a lot of people don't take that extra step, right? To say, look, here's your mod, but what we can do is we can use this software that we have from Magic and we can show you what the current year is going to do to impact your mod and what your mod is going to look like going forward. And this will also be, and because if it drops off significantly, it tells a much better story than just going to somebody that has awarded you a contract with static NCCI information and no story. Yep. You know, it's it's funny because um, I created something during my presentations. It was uh, called What's Your Number? And What's Your Number to me was a it was a program that was derived and focused not on the current mod, but on the best mod. What's the low, the loss free? What's the lowest possible mod? Because that's the one thing that we're really focused on. We should be focused on is, you know, where can we go? And that was the whole purpose of our system to not just look at next year's potential mod, predicted mod, uh, but also look at it for a period down the road because we wanted a path. We needed to give them some sort of incentive that you can get better, right? Um, it's like anything in life, you have to have an incentive to make and take action. Now, for the business owner, like we talked before, it's, it's really a financial incentive. How much money can I save? Right. Or for a contractor, it's how many more bids can I do? And the other thing that people don't talk about is, do you realize that by having a mod that's here and your competitor has a mod down here, does that put you in an uncompetitive situation where you have to have higher costs? You have to have higher bids because you have to pay more premiums than they do. Why are they winning all the bids? Because you're paying so much. Right. So really focusing in on, OK, look, you know, here's where we are today. You know, we're going to look at this mod. We can do an analysis of the mod. But like you said, David, you have to be able to not just put paper in front of them. You have to understand it and you have to be able to educate them on that information. You have to really do that in-depth analysis of, hey, this is why it is where it is. This is where it's going. This is how long it's going to take us to improve it, right? And you have to really have that built in. We had a lot of, um, when people first started using Logic, and we've been around now for uh, almost nine years going on now. Um, but uh, when we first started, we had a lot of people who were buying our products saying, hey, why are you doing such a prediction so far forward? That's not realistic. It says, well, you know, it is kind of realistic because what you're presenting is you're presenting an opportunity. 
an opportunity for improvement. And if you don't see that opportunity in different lengths, why would you change, right? So we have to focus on, well, where did we go wrong in the past? How much money did we just dump away over the last five years with the current, current agent, right? This is this big number. And the reason why we do five years is because the more you go back, the bigger the number gets. You know, how much money did you overspend in each year? You add it all up. You're looking at hundreds of thousands of dollars, in some cases, millions of dollars uh, that you can present to a client is, okay, here's our budget, right? We need a budget to make the changes that you're talking about. And that's a great conversation to have with any prospect um, is, is your other agent giving you a budget? Are they showing you where you can get the money to improve on the things that I'm going to direct you on? If they're not doing that, then how are you going to do it? How can you justify? How can you go up the ladder to the CEO and say, hey, I want to do this, 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 this. And, you know, what are we going to get out of it? Because that's what they're going to ask. Well, what are we going to get out of it? Number one, how, how is this going to benefit us, right? So I can make that decision. And then number two, how are we going to afford this? And that's what logic does is it gives you the budget and it shows you the potential savings, right? So those are the two driving forces that makes you different as a producer when you're using logic is being able to go in and really have that conversation and show them reports around it as, look, this is our best case scenario. This is our potential scenario. And this is where we could possibly go if we're able to work on some of these open claims, right? Um, so I think that's really, you know, some key factors that a lot of agents need to think about is when I'm presenting to a client, what is going to make me different? What is going to drive those decisions? What's going to get them to say, you know what? I like the direction you're taking me because you're not just talking smoke. You're actually giving me facts that I can take up the ladder and I can really get some change to take place. And that's reality. You know, the other software systems is just a mod analysis tool. You know, that's, right. that's all it does. And, and, you know, you want to analyze the mod, you want to print some reports, send it to them, go ahead and do that. But ours really gives agents the tools to make that sales process as well. I was a big fan of the, sorry, David, I, I was going to, I was just going to say, I was, I was a big fan of the ability to turn on and off the claim to show them the impact. I think that's huge. Um, and, and yeah, and I know that's what you were just talking about, but that, that was when I, when I went through the demo of that, I was like, man, that's pretty slick. Well, the neat thing about things like that, those came from our users. We yeah. listen to every single one of our users about what is it that you want to see? What would be cool? And that one of our users came to us say, you know, I I don't want to have to delete this claim and then uh, do a whole nother. Exactly. It is. It's like, right. we'll just turn it on and off. And yep. what's cool about it, you can add in fake claims right. and then have it there and then turn those on and off too to say, here's a scenario of if it was at a $100,000 claim came in, let's turn it on and let's turn it off. Yep. Yeah. Well, to your point, you know, about pricing and competitiveness and everything, I mean, one of my classic meetings of the last two or three years was an account that had a mod that was, uh, I want to say it was close to a one, I think it was a 1.8. I don't remember what it started at off the top of my head, but I went in and for an hour just dove deep with the entire management team, walking them through. Here's the different things you need to know about the mod. Here's how that's impacting you financially, talking about how indemnity claims weight it, how frequency weights it, all of that stuff. And I, I was very, very detailed, very fundamental. I mean, I wasn't talking over the guy's head by any stretch, but we get to the end of the uh, about an hour of really diving deep into everything that was going on with them. And he looks at me and he says, all right, 
Now I want you to give me five reasons why I should hire you. <laughs> I had just showed this guy where he was pissing away a hundred thousand dollars. I said, I don't need to give you five. I just spent the last hour giving you a hundred thousand reasons. And he said, well, I would really like for you to give me five reasons. I said, I'm not going to give you five reasons. I'm going to give you one. I represent just shy of 50% of all of your major competitors in your market space in the Tampa Bay area of Florida. Every one of them will take your market share because they have mods below one and they're able to adjust their pricing in order to do that. And if they don't adjust their pricing, they can adjust the benefits that they offer their employees. They can adjust the wages that they offer people when they come in and they will ultimately have the best talent that sticks around, that doesn't cause claims on GL and everything else because you're getting the best of the best. And they can, at that point, charge about whatever they need to charge relative to what the market will bear because their reputation is going to reflect that they're best in class. So if you want me to screw around and answer five questions, that's your business. But if you want to work on getting some market share back, I suggest you hire us sooner than later. It's like you Googled questions to ask an insurance person in a meeting. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, I don't even think I can come up with five reasons, man. If I just went for an hour with you and you need five more reasons. That's insane. You handled that better than I would handle that. I would have, I would have, whatever. Well, I did, I did take my shirt off and like do a double. (laughs) Break it out like Ric Flair, but no, I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. So it's crazy. That's, that's kind of the funny thing is like when you're, when you're doing something like that, right. Um, you're, you're letting them see the reality you're becoming the person who's giving them the advice. You haven't sit there. You didn't sit there. You didn't slam the other agent. You didn't go through that process. You didn't have to, right. The decision is there. You created the reason for them to make a decision because you're able to pinpoint and show them all of these issues. And I, I, my favorite thing was always, has anybody ever brought reports like this to you? Have you ever seen an analysis of your operation? And that was a great leading question is, is, have you ever seen an analysis of your operation? I think, Dave, you kind of said that before as well. And, and the minute they say, what? What's what's that? Uh, well, did your agent call you by your Unistat filing before it took place? Uh, you know, what? What's a Unistat filing? You know, these different key like questions that you can just throw at them, automatically you're constantly breaking that relationship because it's throwing up questions. What is a Unistat filing? Why didn't my agent call me? Why have I never seen this analysis before? You know, what is going on here? And the next thing that's going to happen is hopefully before you've left that meeting, they've already signed the BOR and you've moved on. Or the minute you leave, they're going to call their agent and yell and scream at them and say, what the heck are you doing? What is all this? Why are you not doing this stuff for me? Right. And that's how you, that's how you lose business. Right. That's how producers lose. And I've been BOR before. I mean, I think everybody's been, you know, BOR at some point in time. And uh, for making those mistakes, you know, that I didn't do those right things. So um, just some key points there about, uh, you know, going through that sales process and really breaking those relationships without beating up the other agent. Yep. You do it in a way that they create the doubt, right? You create that doubt, right? You know, and, um, you know, building, you know, like Randy Schwantz, you know, says, uh, it's, you know, build the wedge, right? What are the wedges that uh, you can throw out there? And technically, they're feeling those wedges. You're not really even throwing them. They're feeling them, though. You know, all these little things are actually wedges that are kind of going to lead you down that road, that path that we want them to, uh, to get them to the BR and move on with life. 
Yeah, you don't need to go in throwing haymakers. I mean, that's the one thing I can tell you is I have, over the course of my career, gotten to the point where I know how to ask the questions in such a way that the prospect will be able to connect the dots and realize. It's almost just like planting the seed for them to figure out on their own. Yeah, like this guy's asking me this question. This must be something his agency does. I've never heard of this before. Mm -hmm. And then you don't have to. You can let them say, no, I've not had that. Tell me more about it. Well, okay, great. Now I got to do exactly what I wanted to do, but I don't look like a jerk for talking bad about the other agent or or anything else. And I think that, you know, that's that's another huge deal because, again, when left to our own devices as human beings, the first thing we're going to do is fight or flight, right? So we're going to immediately, boom, and we're going to hammer that other agent. And we think that makes us look better because we made them look worse when in all actuality, we look like jerks. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Especially, yeah. I mean, you don't a lot of times know what that relationship is. Is it, is it their, is it their neighbor? Is it their brother-in-law? Like, yeah. you know, you, that, that's just not a good look, man. Yeah. No, it's not. And the thing is, I don't even, I don't care who the relationship is, right? Because it, I've taken business away from the next door neighbor before. But that's what I'm saying. Like, you don't want to just come in. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right away. You don't want to come in and start trashing their, you know, that that's just not the way to do it. hundred yeah, percent. No, I'm, I'm with you. So, you know, I think the other thing, Scott, that, that I've really been impressed with, with Magic thus far, you know, aside from just the actual user interface and the, the reporting and everything is the fact that you guys do listen, right? You listen to what your users are asking for. You make those adaptations where it makes sense. And you're constantly trying to re, you know, reinvent the product to make it better tomorrow than it was today. And, you know, I think that a lot of times, you know, in our industry as agents, what we find is got a lot of software salespeople, but they don't know what we need because they've never walked a mile in our shoes before. And I, I, it just, it, it, unfortunately I was put into a position, but also fortunately I was put in a position to explore options, right? Cause I, I wasn't, I had begun to lose confidence in the provider I had used in the past. And as a result, I started poking around on the internet and that's what led me to you. And, you know, shame on them for not listening when I wanted to talk that cost them my account. Yep, and I think right. that that's the same thing that holds true when you're an agent. You need to pay attention when we're bringing people like Scott on people because if you're not going to use them, somebody else is, and they're going to take your account. Guess what? I don't care how fast you issue certificates. I don't care how easy it is for a client to make vehicle changes in your agency. I don't care how good your premium is. If you can't focus on total cost of risk and you can't go in and offer pragmatic overall business solutions for the people that you're going to go after, you're going to lose every single time. Seriously, you might not lose the first time. You might get somebody to buy cheap premium from you. But the number of agents that are out there licking their wounds on a daily basis because their key accounts left them and in many cases paid more money to leave them. People, that's not an insurance problem. And until you figure that out, it's going to continue to happen. And what I see in our industry is so many people are victims of circumstance. They want to blame everything. Oh, this other group came in and this high-powered brokerage and they had these fancy slick tools. And, you know, my, my client screwed me after 15 years. Your client didn't screw you. You didn't deliver the value they needed to take their business to the next level. And they simply went somewhere that would. 
people, you can't be an insurance salesperson. You can't just let it be insurance. I've said this a bunch. I'm going to continue to say it a bunch. At the end of the day, insurance is the common denominator. We all do it. Every single person that's calling on that prospect can place the insurance for that. Okay, what are you going to do to differentiate yourself? What are you going to bring to the table that lets them see, holy cow, this guy's talking about things I've never heard of before. It's way, way, way different than what I've dealt with in the past. Totally. totally. Well, I appreciate, you know, one of the things that we do focus on um, is our customer service. And, uh, you know, what I do on a weekly basis is I go through and we review any call that came in. I want to know, you know, what was the problem? Why did they contact us? What are, what are they having problems producing? Um, and I'll tell you that, you know, we'll evaluate all that information and we'll build the software around that to try to eliminate another call like that coming in. And that's always part of this whole process of listening to our customers, but also it's it's acting on it, right? And that's what a lot of companies don't do these days is they just push something out and they don't really, really react to the customers. They don't take their advice. They're afraid to take their advice. They're too busy to take their advice, you know, whatever it may be. We love it. Um, I can't tell you the number of times we've gone to customers and say, hey, you know, we'd like to see us. I say, hey, you know, what? do me a favor, sketch up a report for me. We'll actually build it. We will. Um, I would say probably 50% of the reports that we have in our system today are built by our customers who came to us and said, this is what we want to see, right? We don't want to see our competitor stuff. This is the last thing in the world we want to see. We do not care about what they're doing at all. We want to know what is actually useful to you and what will help you produce. Because if it helps you, it will help everybody else. So that whole mentality from our standpoint comes directly from me constantly is, Customer service is number one. We have to fulfill the needs of our customers. When you send a message, we need to answer that with, within under a minute. No tickets, no long waiting lines, unless, of course, we're closed. But even then, sometimes on the weekends, I will tell you that I actually will overlook and see what's going on on a constant basis as the questions come in. And sometimes I know when my team can't answer those questions, and I'll pop in and I'll answer them myself, just to make sure that we're fulfilling those needs and I'll pick up the phone. Um, and, and that's different than most companies. I will absolutely pick up the phone and call you uh, and say, hey, look, let's get through this. Let's figure it out. What's, what's the effect here? What are the results that we can bring you? So however we can build and continue to build and improve our software to help you sell, to help you present this picture you want to present, we want to know. That's Just send it to us. We'll build it. I promise you. I think that's huge. I mean, that's how you that's how you sustain success, right? Is being able to adapt to what your you know customers are seeing in in real time and um, you know meet their needs. Um, so it's been you said it's been nine years, right? Yes. So what what's been the most rewarding thing for you in the Magic journey in these nine years? Um, you know, I think uh, uh, probably during that period of time. Um, it's, it's really been within, I think, the last three years uh, that um, uh, I, I'd say about uh, four four years ago. The most rewarding thing is when we got knocks on our doors from some other large companies saying, hey, we've heard about you. Um, we're interested in your product. How can we work together? And so hearing from these other companies and figuring out who we are without us, we don't do really any market. We don't. Our, our, our product grows by word of mouth. Um, we haven't been out there pushing advertisement all over the place. 
So to start getting those phone calls from these other companies, uh, you know, has is, is always been uh, kind of a high for us. It's like, wow, this is great. People really recognize what we have. I'm hearing stories from our customers that I love getting stories from saying, man, you will not believe how your software, how your reports help me. I slammed this huge deal. I was on the verge of losing it. I walked in with what you said, your BOR strategy, and it, it worked. It absolutely worked. It was fantastic. I got chills. And it's just great to be able to feel like, you know, I was just a regular producer. I was, I was nobody. I was just like everybody else. You know I mean? It's just, and to be able to take it from that design and develop and go through a process of somebody who wasn't even a software person, you know, was just been very rewarding for me. So I think, you know, the real big rewards of that period of time is just knowing where we are today and how many users we have today in our system versus when we first started. And we actually started on an Excel spreadsheet that we sold and our very first customer uh, is still a customer today, uh, was, is Levitt Barlocker uh, up in San Jose. And I remember uh, going in there and I flew up to see them to sell the product. And, and I was still a producer at the time. And he said, I want to buy a zone. Can I buy the, this area? And I said, well, that's kind of a unique idea. But no, you can't. <laughs> you know, but today, today they're still a customer and they've got to see our transition from where we were and how the software has continually improved and improved and improved primarily around the needs of our producers and then really a huge focus on the UI platform and making sure that the user interface is really key. Because if you can't get in and use it and it's hard and it's difficult, then you're not going to get the usage. We want you to use the software. So we want you to tell us, hey, we're not using this. What can we do to help you use it? Because it's powerful. But what are the things that are preventing that? And then that's where we would listen and we would transition and make those things happen. So. Well, I got some good news for you, man, because the example that I used earlier about the concrete pouring operation is actually one of your brand new clients that we sent you. So there you go. I'm looking very forward to them being able to uh, get that deal done. And it's it's funny because I'm actually probably going to go down and, and go on that meeting with them personally to help them get that deal across the finish line. So, you won't. Awesome. Uh, yeah, no, I have never closed anything before. Um, I hope I can figure it out. <laughs> but, I, you know, huge testimonial, right? Because this is an agency that has never done anything like this. And so I'm humbled because they put their trust in me to teach them how to do it. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited for them because I'm watching them do it. And they're actually executing very well. And they're bringing in new business by following the process. But man, this will be a marquee account for them taken from a relationship that's been in existence for a little while. And uh, it'll be it'll be a great case study or um, testimonial for you to use. And I'll make sure that you get that back so that you can use it in your marketing. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, you know, it's it's pretty cool to see uh, in the back end, you know, some of the names of the companies that our software is used on, you know, and there's literally about 50,000 companies that we have our presentation was done to. And it's very cool to see that and see some of these names, uh, these huge corporations where they're receiving reports that, you know, we decided to develop. So, I mean, and that's just, that's really neat. So I, I that's awesome. I hope he slam dunks it. Uh, you know, if you guys need any help with that, of course, reach out to me and I'm happy to uh, go through that process. So. Yeah. Um, what I want you to talk about a little bit, you referenced it in one of your comments, but talk a little bit about your BOR process and what that looks like and how people can use your software to secure agent or record letters where they otherwise might not have been able to. 
Yeah, totally. You know, so again, it kind of goes back to that that real big key point, which is, um, you know, I, I call it I edu- you educate to change, right? Um, my job is to educate the clients as a trusted advisor. So when I start, you know, with a presentation and we used to have our reports in a specific order, kind of walk you down this road of this BR process. And really, it starts off pretty basic and simple. Uh, you know, you get into a little bit of historical data and you talk to the customer about, you know, so here's where you've been trending in the past. You know, here's your historical premiums. Here's been your historical loss ratio, so forth, so on. Here's your number of claims, how many open claims you have, so forth, so on over the last five years. I'm sure you've already seen this from your existing broker, but I wanted to make sure that you know that I understand your business. And right there, that was the first key point of where I'm starting to break that relationship because they go, uh, nope, didn't see that. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you kind of can feel that, you know, and sometimes they'll sit there and go like, mm-hmm. you know, and so you throw up that initial process is, okay, well, um, we also want to take a look at specifically where we have problems. Part of the, what I do as an agent, it's my job to understand your business, not just from a historical standpoint. But I also want to understand where specifically you have problems, right? And I need to understand where this is because it's also my job to be an advisor to you, right? Just like I said in the beginning is, you know, I am basically your employer. When you hire me, I'm your employee. When you hire me, I'm your employee. So I have to have this data, this information so I can educate you on the problems. So here's where we found that we're having problems with the body part, the nature of the cause, the time of the day, the day of the week. You know, so far, so on. I actually, I really like the time of day, day, week report personally because it's really cool to actually see where the the month of the how, year. How is. many are Monday morning? Yeah. <laughs> how many are Mondays and how many are Fridays? Right? It's yeah. really crazy to kind of see that information when you put it in there. Um, so you walk in through that process and saying, you know, and this is where we can help you. And you know, my job is to have some solutions that you can implement. Um, One of the key things, so during this process, you have to be careful about that a lot of producers really make a huge mistake about is they offer solutions and then promises behind those solutions, right? And the biggest problem that we have is if you're going through this process and you're actually offering these promises, I'm going to be able to do this. Reality is, is you can't do it, right? You can offer the solutions. You can put products and services in front of them, but the reality is it has to come down to the business owner to implement them. Right. And so making sure that during this conversation, they're understanding that, look, I can I can help you. I can give you the direction. I can give you the advice. But if you don't follow my advice and I come back here in a year and nothing's changed, is it my fault or is the onus on you? You have to make sure you create that separation unless you have solid solutions that you can commit behind and really be there to do that. So so going through those reports, that's where you're kind of building up this, you know, this process and some mentality that you're having that making sure that you're doing that. So we we talked about, you know, the history, we talked about where we specifically have problems. The next key is to really show them that you understand the experience one, that you are that trusted advisor. So the reports help direct you with this is your mod. This is how your mod is designed. This is how it's built. This is the three years of data that is building out your experience mod. You take all this together, what's expected, you know, and you have to know what is an expected loss, what are the expected losses by the state? What does that mean, right? And I always used to explain to clients, well, an expected loss, the expected losses is basically the 1.0 line. If you have exactly the expected losses of what the state says, you're going to have a 1.0. If you have zero, we're going to have a loss-free mod. So our goal is to be below the expected and get down to that zero mod. That's really what our goal is. So having the knowledge to explain how the mod works, to give them advice initially and say, well, 
here's where it all is. Here's where you are in relation to the average, the 1.0. Um, here's the extra mod that we're throwing away. And most importantly, here's the financial impact of that extra mod factor that you're overpaying, right? The claims, the claims mod information, right? This is what you're paying for this extra mod. Right. So that's where you're starting to drive in. That's sort of the financial impact of this. If they don't realize there's a financial, then you can't get them to change. So then you're going through that process. Again, we've already checked off a couple of things that they're feeling with their current agent, but you're not saying anything necessarily about it. And then you kind of get through to the next process is, well, let's dive into every single claim. Let's look and see specifically which of these claims were having big problems. And what's nice about Logic is you can actually generate multiple reports out of there and go in and actually take Specific claims, turn them off, like you said, um, is turn them off and rerun the reports and show them, here's what your mod would have been. Mm-hmm. This didn't happen, right? But what's even better is you can do this at your customer's site. You can do it on their computer. You pull up Chrome, you pull up Logic, you can log right in. You go, hey, let's make some changes. Let's mess around. Why not? You have the ability. Just do it right in front of them. They'll be blown away. Like, wow, that's cool. I don't know. What if we turn this one off? You know, probably more impactful that way too, right? It is, yeah, because it really becomes, you know, that visual platform. You're really in front of them making those changes and they're seeing like, mm-hmm. wow, that one did that. I can't believe it. You know, how would this affect next year's mod? You can really just pull it. Well, let's run a report do right there. Do it on mm-hmm. your iPad. You know, that's why we designed our software to be web-based um, was so that you could actually go through that process. So you go through that, you're showing them the individual impact. So now they're kind of feeling that pain from the customer. Uh, I mean, from their current broker, they're feeling the pain from their employees, which which claims are happening and so forth, so on. Um, and then you begin to dive into, uh, well, let's talk about where we've been. We already talked about, you know, uh, where we've been from a tracking standpoint, let's talk about what your broker has done for you over the last five years, okay? Let's look at the financial impact of maybe not implementing some different things that I'm going to talk to you about doing over the last five years. And that's probably my favorite report is the one that does the, the final analysis. And it takes all the last five years with the data and it assigns a premium, an overspend in each of those years. And it combines them all into this big number. And I would sit there and I'd ask a question, say, okay, so the last five years with your current agent, you spent an extra $250,000 in premium. If I told you five years ago that you were going to overspend by $250,000, would you hire me as your agent? The answer is probably no. What could you have done with $250,000? Were you aware that that was even there, right? So let's talk about the next five years. What do you want to do? Do you want to overspend it? You want to keep status quo and do that because you're your golfing buddy? That's your choice. That's, that's your directive on what you want to do. But I will tell you that from what I've seen so far, I've shown you, shown you, not only do I know the history of your company, I know specifically where you have problems with claims. I understand the experience mod. I can advise you on it. I've shown you the financial impact of all of these claims. I've shown you trending. And now I'm showing you how much money all of this information that you should have had a long time ago would have saved you had you made a change. So let's talk about what you want to do now. Do you want to commit to go in with your other agents and continue to do that? Or do you want to look at the things I can do to help take you down the new road and a new path? I can't guarantee you I'm going to save you $250,000 over the next five years. I can guarantee you that you're going to have a much better chance of bringing that number way down because now I'm going to give you the tools that you need from an education standpoint, an advisory standpoint. I'm going to give you the budget. It's right there, $250,000. Take 10%, invest it in some of the safety measures, they say, right? 
we can get there, but you have to be on board. So you can then talk about the next step. And that's really when you can go, what do you want to do? Or you can talk about, but let's talk about next year. Let's talk about next year's mod. What does that look like? Do we have a chance to fix the mod that we're on right now? Probably not. Unless it's before the unit stat filing, there's not a whole lot I can do about this current mod unless there's an error. So let's talk about next year. And if you're an agent presenting and you're not talking about next year's mod and you're focusing on where's the current mod for this year, you are making a huge mistake because you can't change that. It's already happened. You can change next year if there's reserves, right? You can look at what is it going to look like? You know, I got this a lot as well with, with a, a user saying, well, what's the what's size client I should use this on? I mean, should, should, I, should I do one that's a $10,000 client? That's $1,000 in commission. I mean, don't you think you offer that, that service to your client, number one? And then number two, don't you think those small clients, if their mod goes from a 0.65 to a 1.5 and their premium is going to go from 10000 to 20000 don't you think that you have an obligation to tell them that, hey, look, this is coming. You better be prepared. This is what we need to look at for next year. This is no joke. It's not getting better. And we know that. But the year after, we could, we could potentially improve. So that's the whole purpose of doing that and driving down that road. As you tell this story, you've now built yourself up as that trusted advisor. You've let them decide on their own that their current agent hasn't presented any of this information, hasn't given the problems and solutions to fix these things. And now you have the perfect opportunity to step up and say, why even give them a chance to throw a number in front of you? Because it doesn't matter. It's not going to help you. And so that's where some of the other tools as well can help you with that sales process and deciding, you know, how much do I really want to present to this client in that, in that situation to pick up VR? Maybe they're kind of leaning on the edge. It's like, yeah, you know, you say, well, you know, there's one other thing that I do. And that's, I advise my underwriters. Do you realize that my most important sale is not to you? It's actually to an underwriter. I have to tell them a story. And you have to remember, you are not their customer necessarily. You are an investment. An insurance company looks at you as an investment. So that's why you have underwriters. Just like when you're buying a house, you have an underwriter who looks at you as a person to see if you can fulfill the obligation. Their job as an underwriter is to push profits to the company. If you have zero claims, are you profitable to them? Absolutely. If you have a lot of claims, are you profitable? No. If you have some problems in the past and I need to show them that those problems are gone and we have solutions and now you're going to be profitable, then I'm a better agent and I can get you better pricing. And that's what makes me different. So that's what's cool about Logic is we have those reports that we designed and developed, you know, with one of our partner carriers that are specifically built to what they want to see. You put that in your presentation to your, your cover letter to your underwriter right on top. That's the other problem that a lot of agents have is getting their their actual files looked at. If it's dirty, you have an accord application, a bunch of loss runs in there, a bunch of junk, no cover letter. It's like, okay, here's another whatever. What's the price you want? They have to ask a lot of questions. If you put a colorful presentation in front of them, gives them exactly what they want. Where does your file go? It goes to the top. You get pricing first. You get better pricing. They make decisions faster. Maybe they're going to look at it and say, yeah, I don't like these. Well, then you're not wasting their time and you're not wasting yours either and the customers. 
So, so my favorite thing out of what you just said is the fact that we could go in and show somebody they're spending $250,000 more than they should over five years, but they want to tell you that their agent is their friend. My immediate response to that is I can probably count on two fingers the number of friends I have that would allow me to cost them a quarter million dollars over the over five years. And by the way, just so you understand, not only did they cost you a quarter million dollars, but they made $25,000 in personal compensation because you overspent. Sounds like a great relationship. Definitely not one-sided. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that so many times that's the other thing, you know, just to, to draw on one more point and then we need to wrap up because we've been going about an hour. But, you know, I think that the other reason agents need to sit back and understand the mod isn't just for presenting and being able to articulate it. It's for being able to develop, to develop the proper funnel to begin with, right? They need to have the proper prospects in their pipeline from the beginning. And I think that if an agent doesn't understand the math behind the mod, many times they may cut themselves off of opportunities they otherwise would have been able to have. I'll give you an example. You have an account that's $500,000 in premium and they have a mod that's a a 0.86. A lot of agents might say, oh man, they got a good mod. I'm not going to mess with them. What's the minimum mod on a half a million dollars in manufacturing premium? I'm going to give you a hint. It's 0.64, at least for the account that I I took. Mm -hmm. You need a mod analysis to get it. And here's the thing. A lot of these clients that have mods that are below one might be doing a lot of the right things, but they still have some tightening up to do. They don't realize that they can be better than 0.86 because nobody's ever gone in and told them they can be better than 0.86. So I would tell you guys that if you're listening to this and you see somebody who has a mod that looks like it's reasonable, take a look at how much meat's on the bone in terms of premium because... 0.86 0.86 isn't that much. In the account that I'm referring to, the minimum mod was a 0.64. So they were leaving 22 points on a half a million dollars on the table every year. You know, that's almost $100,000 a year. Absolutely. Well, and understanding the fact that that low mod changes with every account, right? The bigger they get. And that's, that's what the cool thing is about software. It allows you to combine multiple entities together. And when you do that, it, it drives that low mod even further lower. Right. And, and those, so these are some of the key things that you can watch for. It's like, oh, wow, look at that. The low mod actually dumped by combining all of these right into the system and seeing that. So, you know, I, I, it's, it's huge when you really focus on what's your number because what's your number is the low mod, right? That's what you did there, David, is you focused on the low, not, not the high. It's the low in your current, right? What's your current mod? What's the difference between the two? And how can we relate that to the premiums to show this financial impact? And, and that's, that's a game changer. Look, I can close a deal with two reports. That's one of them. And the other one is the uh, number of mod points per employee that has filed a claim. I know that I can get somebody emotionally invested in the conversation with one of those two things. They either hate the person that got hurt because they were screwing around and now they know they're costing them money or they think that it was fraud or whatever else. I'm not taking sides. I'm just telling you how a buyer thinks. They're automatically going to hate that person in their mind. And the other one is when they, they, they just want to puke all over the table when they see what that controllable mod is between the difference between where they're at and what, what their best case scenario is for the low mod, you're, you're going to win. 
because there, there's no way that anybody is going to recover from that if you go in and present that the right way. We've been going an hour. We could easily go for another hour. We will have to have you back to go for another hour. But I do know that based on the number of people who have heard this today, you're going to get some people who reach out to you. Tell them how to find you. Yeah, it's really simple. Just simply go to www.modgic.com uh, and you can click on the link that says, you know, request a, a demo, request pricing, uh, and we'll get in contact with you. And it's pretty, uh, it's pretty straightforward. So, yeah. And I can tell you sometimes Scott himself calls. Uh, sometimes uh, I, I don't do it a whole lot anymore. I can tell you that uh, you'll probably hear from Jason. Uh, you can also email Jason too directly is, you know, Jason at Modgic.com. Uh, he's fantastic. Um, and uh, we've got a great team over here. So I uh, look forward to hearing from everybody. Listen, man, great conversation. Like I said, we could go all day talking about this stuff. We'll definitely have you back. Wish you nothing but the best. Thank you so much for the impact that you're making in our agency. And I can only hope that the people listening to this take what we had to say to heart, reach out to you and start driving change in how they do business because that's the only way they're going to get any better. Thanks, David. Thanks, Kyle. Appreciate it, guys. Scott, see you, man. See you, buddy. You've been listening to the Power Producers Podcast. You can follow Killing Commercial Insurance on Facebook and YouTube. And if you want to take your game to the next level, next level, check out our book, The Extra Two Minutes, and our website, killingcommercial.com. <laughs> <laughs>